CMS podcast, y'all ready for this, where we talk about all things emergency management and emergency preparedness to help you and your family get ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, we are blessed yet again with the fabulous Kelsey, Disaster Program Manager with the American Red Cross. I have got your title down pat now. We've had you on this show so many times, so welcome. And then with her today, we have a kind of awesome guest, a super special guest as the Executive Director of the American Red Cross locally. So welcome, Maria Center. Hi. And you guys know Sakili very well now. Sakili Johnson, our AmeriCorps VISTA, is back in action to help us ask some important questions today on a subject that we both feel pretty passionate about, and that is creating your own family emergency kit. We'll talk about why that's important, what you need to put in there, what if you necessarily can't afford to do it all at once. Um, we've got the experts in the room and on the chat, so please join us in welcoming our fabulous guest, and let's go ahead and get started with our very first question that I think Maria might handle, and that's why in the world do we need an emergency kit, Maria? Chelsea, it's better to prepare and not have to be on a mad scramble at the last minute, so uh, the Red Cross uh, urges people to have the right supplies on hand and to be prepared for any sort of an emergency. Um, the first 72 hours um, after a disaster are incredibly important and having those supplies on hand to help you um, treat wounds, to uh, find help and other things that you have to do in the event of a disaster. Um, so if you're impacted by a storm, a tornado, a hurricane or other disaster, having the stuff that you need is going to make your life a lot easier. So we want you to be prepared at home, at school, and on the go uh, with supplies that you'll need. So, you know, you need uh, basic first aid items, uh, you know, food, uh, uh, water, and things of that nature. I know that we're going to go into some details about the specifics, but um, it's just really important that you have what you need for the first 72 hours. And every family and every individual is different. And so um, individual uh, emergency kits will be based on your, your needs uh, as an individual or a family. Perfect. Thank you. I heard you say something about 72 hours. So what are the general recommendations for building an emergency kit? So what Maria said, um, 72 hours minimum is really important. Um, if you have the capacity and the space, they can recommend for up to two weeks. Um, but that 72 hours, yeah, two weeks is a lot <laughs> and you need a lot of space to be able to manage that. But 72 hours for sure. Um, Maria touched on food and water. Of course, those two basic necessities. Um, things that people might not consider are flashlight and a radio with extra batteries. Um, any medications, and they say seven days worth of medication, even if your kit is only initially for those 72 hours, having those extra meds, and I'm not just talking about, you know, Advil or something, I'm talking about those meds you take on a daily basis that are prescribed to you. Um, and then any personal hygiene items, there's huge lists everywhere that you can kind of look up. But again, um, you know, you might not be able to shower during this time, the water might be cut off, but at least having some dry shampoo so you don't feel super greasy, you know, those, those little things that will make you feel a little better, a change of clothes, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Kelsey mentioned something that I want to kind of touch on again, um, and that is there are lists everywhere that you guys can look at and find items in an emergency kit. 
But as Maria said, you really want to make that specific to your family. You don't want it to just be, let me go out and buy every single thing on this one list because Red Cross or SEMA or FEMA told me to make it specific to your family. And I think you guys both covered that really, really well. Kind of dovetailing into this, what are some resources that people can kind of look to or find um, to help them build out these emergency kits? Um, well, of course, we're going to send you to redcross.org slash get dash help. So if you scroll down and you hit get help, you will see information on disaster relief and recovery, on disaster preparedness, you know, how to prepare for emergencies. And also uh, there's a section for how to get help if you're a member of the military. So that is a great resource. Redcross.org slash get dash help. Um, SEMA website, I would be remiss if I did not mention your website. And uh, another good website is um, ready.gov, which is a government website. And that is a, um, just a treasure trove of uh, information too. So those are just three really good sites to, to pick up real useful information. While we're talking about emergency kit recommendations and personalizing your kit, what are your thoughts on pre-made emergency kits? I know a lot of online retailers sell them. And, you know, Red Cross sells them. Shameless plug here. I think that's not a bad thing, right? But we've said it time and time again already on this podcast, you need to customize it for your own household. Um, my kit will not look like Maria's because she has a dog and we'll talk about pets later or it won't look like Chelsea's kit because she has a baby you know my kit will look very different I don't need diapers in my kit I don't baby <laughs> <laughs> so the kits will look incredibly different so you can buy those standardized kits and I think those are a good starting point um some of the kits are also more of like to-go kits, right? Something you might keep in your car. So that can also be helpful of, all right, I have to go right now. And I know I have a change of clothes. I have two days worth of water in my car. Let's go, you know, so that can be beneficial. Um, but certainly if you're a shelter in place kit specifically, you want that more customized for your own household. Something else to think about too, um, the food that is included in those kits may not be exactly what you're accustomed to. They may be awesome for, mm -hmm. you know, people in a spaceship, um, but <laughs> maybe, less, maybe less applicable to someone in Savannah um, that's used to some really awesome Southern food. And now they're eating freeze-dried ice cream. A uh, totally different experience. But, you know, maybe you get some, some of that and try it out and you're like, hey, this isn't so bad. Um, but I don't know that you want your stomach adjusting to some new food uh, during an emergency during a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> might not be the best idea. Um, all right. So let's get like a little bit more granular here. What are three essential items that you would want to have in your emergency kit? You would want to have set aside that people might want to include. Well, unfortunately, we are still in a pandemic, Chelsea, so I think it would be important to keep ourselves safe, our families safe by having masks, hand, sun, uh, hand sanitizer, um, uh, disinfecting wipes to wipe down surfaces. Uh, we just want to try to prevent the spread of the coronavirus or other viruses. I think we might forget that there are other things out there. I'm a recent victim of a stomach bug that's been going around, so let's not forget about other things that are out there. 
Um, and then of course to that, I would add personal hygiene items. And as Ke uh, Kelsey mentioned earlier, uh, prescription medications that you absolutely need. Um, I think a flashlight would be another very important item to have, um, you know, if, you, if there's no power, um, that's certainly gonna come in handy. And then emergency contacts. Um, if you're like me, all of your contacts are in this thing. And I don't really know anyone's um, phone number by heart except my parents. Uh, and my brother and sister. So, uh, you know, if you have to get in touch with your loved ones, um, just make sure that you have uh, an actual physical copy of those emergency contacts. Those are three things that I would say are very important. And Kelsey may have some other thoughts or what do you think, Kelsey? Yeah, I would definitely, um, that emergency contact is super important. I know I have my mother's cell phone memorized and um, that's about it. Me so if, if anybody else was trying to get in touch with me, I wouldn't be able to talk to them at all. Um, of course, the medications for me, I take meds on a daily basis. And so those would be really important to have the extra and not just, you know, in one place rather than trying to scramble to find them all, right? It, keeping them in even just like a little Ziploc baggie or an additional little um, daily med thing so that I can just grab it and go and I don't have to worry about that. Um, if you're really, really glued to your phone, um, I'd suggest an additional charger of some sort. One of those battery packs, you can buy them from pretty much any major retailer, I think. Um, and that will help for at least a while. Um, you'll need to consider that if you're playing Candy Crush on your phone for most of that time, it probably won't last that long. Um, definitely utilizing that for the emergencies, making sure it's fully charged before you put it in your kit as well. Kelsey, I'm going to just like give some snaps to that last piece. Uh, I had a good friend, bless her soul, in Jacksonville, Florida, was trying to ride out a storm and she bought all of these chargers, never opened them, never charged them and thought that they were going to help her. Hmm. I was like, Bonnie, no, that's not no. how this works. <laughs> So bless her soul. Do not be a Bonnie and charge them regularly. And, and that, you know, to my point just there, charge them regularly, just like any other devices that you might have in there, medication that you have in there, cycle them in and out. Don't just wait and throw it in a bag for the, the whole hurricane season. Y'all that six months, you know, try to make sure that you're keeping and cycling things in and out so that they don't go bad. But excellent point. And Maria, I'm a little impressed with how many phone numbers you actually have memorized. She's Me like too. my parents and my brother and my sister. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what if you can't afford to put together, you know, a three-day emergency kit right away and you want to buy something cool like lanterns and all those fancy phone chargers? How do you get started? So my biggest piece of advice is to just look around. You probably have a lot of this stuff already in your, in your household, um, whether that's extra batteries already lying around, maybe some canned food that you can put in your kit, things like that. Perfect. And you don't have to go out and buy all this new stuff. Um, you can mm -hmm. consider the dollar store. I know that they will have a lot of things, maybe not the cool high-tech lanterns that also turn into, I don't know, a charger or whatever it is, of course, but there might be some additional supplies at the dollar store that you can look at and then, you know, plan for it. Um, if you know that this is something that you're going to want in your emergency kit, put it in your budget. 
say, okay, every pay period, I'm going to get one thing, or, you know, I can put aside $50 for an extra thing for my emergency kit. Um, you definitely will want to think like Chelsea said about cycling things out. You don't want that food to sit there forever. So you might say, oh, I have this can of green beans, but green beans are your least favorite vegetables. So they've actually been sitting there for two years, you know, so making sure that your food is fresh as fresh as canned food can be and cycle that kind of stuff out as well. I love that. That's such a great recommendation. Yeah. Awesome points. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little shaded about my uh, green bean situation right now. So canned <laughs> green beans are a little, uh. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, okay. So you mentioned earlier, Kelsey, yes, I do have a young child in, in my household. How do you guys recommend creating your emergency kit to include younger children or younger people in your home? So of course you're going to want to consider their diet. Um, I know some younger children are simply a vessel for ranch. So you might want to consider what they'll actually eat as well. Of course, ranch might go bad, but you know, consider any kind of food that you can provide for them. Um, baby food will uh, has a pretty decent shelf life, I think. So, it, you know, you don't have to, it, toddler food, you'll probably have to figure that out. But, um, and things they use every day, like I said, the diapers, do they have bottles? Do they, you know, are there certain things that they use every day? Um, and having a special toy or stuffed animal, something that can help distract them or be a comfort item. Um, I would again recommend that maybe you don't provide your phone for them to play on or a tablet because those will die eventually if the power's out. So finding other useful things, maybe a couple of books, maybe a you know puzzle or something that can distract them for a significant amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. So my daughter is obsessed with cocoa melon. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the cocoa melon. Um, but there's familiar. a, yeah, is very familiar, um, but it's a, it's a TV show that kids are obsessed with these days. My daughter's obsessed with the doll. The doll's name is JJ. We purchased another JJ and he sits in our emergency kit now, because if we have an emergency and we don't have JJ, there's another emergency on top of that emergency. <laughs> there's going to be a problem. Yes. <laughs> so maybe a second JJ for those that, um, subscribe to the Cocoa Melon world. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So what about our furry friends? Do our pets need an emergency kit? Yes, they do. And I'm glad <laughs> I got that question because anyone who knows me will tell you that I am such an animal lover. I have a little dog named Cornbread and I have a cat named Mustang and she's named after the P-51 Mustang fighter plane so she uses fighter tactics sometimes uh, when she's <laughs> throw, you know running around the house and uh, I can't imagine um, not taking my pets with me or you know making sure that they um, don't have everything that they need and that would include of course the, their collar their leash their ID their tags um, carrier food uh, their their food bowl water bowl um, their bed, a little blankie, or maybe something that smells like you to, you know, comfort them. Um, their toys, let's not forget about pet toys. I know your child loves this game. Well, my dog has his favorite toys and he would be bereft 
if the little lamb chop doll was not part of this kit. Yeah. Um, treats, let's not forget the milk bones, the pepperonis, <laughs> you know, you gotta have all that stuff. And then medications, if your animals are on any medications. Um, my dog is extremely nervous in storms. If it's, he's like a, a, a you know, just a weather monitor. There could be a storm 200 miles away and that dog will sense it coming. The minute he starts getting nervous and shaking and I'm like, uh-oh, let's check my radar to see what's going on. Um, so he takes something called composure and it kind of keeps him calm. So I wanna make sure I have plenty of that on hand because things are gonna be crazy if there's something going on. Um, some people use something called a thunder blanket and that uh, comforts animal uh, animals as well. And I have never used one. Some people swear by it, but you know, it kind of wraps them up and makes them feel secure. So please make sure that you make provisions for your, your beloved pet. And thanks for letting me answer that question. We have so much in common, only instead of getting nervous during storms, my cat absolutely hates being in the car. He would just rather sit out a category five hurricane than evacuate <laughs> in the car. So part of my pet's emergency kit is he has to have toys and treats and catnip so that he can be distracted. And um, I mean, sometimes maybe even sedatives. So I'm all about <laughs> with veterinary guidance, drugging your pets to help them get through an evacuation. There you go. I feel like you two could have your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Thanks for, for letting us come on. Um, it's the only time I get to see you, even virtually though. Uh, Chelsea, and, and nice to meet you too, Sakili. Yes, you guys, this has been so much fun. Um, and I think that, you know, this is, hopefully our listeners understand that emergency kits don't have to be like this daunting task that like, oh, I have to go like inventory my supplies. And I have to think about like, this can be like fun and interactive, invite your family to be a part of it, encourage your loved ones and family members to get engaged and and to feel like this is a, a whole family effort. And I think that that's really important uh, to make sure that not just one person is aware of what's going in your emergency kit, but everybody has a say. And I think I love that we were able to kind of talk like a family today and talk about the pros and cons of kits and what you can do and how you can do it. So listeners, I hope that you enjoyed it. We had a fantastic time. I'm gonna have to invite these two back. They were too much fun for us not to have them back again. I know you guys are counting how many times Kelsey's going to grace us with her presence over the year and guess what it's not over she'll be back um she just doesn't know it yet um but thank you guys so much for joining us listeners be sure to tune in next time we're actually going to go back to the beginning back to the basics and talk about financial preparedness and avoiding a financial disaster something i know that the red cross also preaches and make sure make sure that people have a financial plan so we will be back to talk about that next week until then bye guys Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.